Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about God's cross-generational design for the church. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about how this world is keen to divide us on everything from race to age to whether or not we like pineapple on our pizza. And our society is drawn to this division because it's in the nature of our flesh to stick around people like us. You know, partly out of intuition, partly out of years of conditioning, we corral ourselves into different categories and we get uncomfortable when we step outside of that category. Schools put us in grades where everyone is in the same age group, generally regardless of interest or ability. At family meals, you set out a kid's table so they can go off and be by themselves and not bother the adults. Churches can do the same thing too. And I surely hope it's not to push the same anti-intergenerational message that the world is forcing on us. It's easy for a church to slip into the routine of isolating generations from one another. Kids go to this class and these events and adults go to others. And that's because we are learning different things. Different things are relevant to us and interest us. Seniors like bingo, kids like tag, that's okay. But it's easy in this environment to be conditioned into thinking that our friends and our support should come exclusively from our own generation. Nothing could be further from God's design for his people. While having friends of the same age, that's normal, that's natural. We miss something important when we don't share fellowship with those outside of our generation. Christians share a bond and an identity that trumps everything else, language, career, race, and age too. Paul told the Galatians, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Christ unifies what once was divided. It's not that there aren't differences between these groups. They all have their own backgrounds. A Jew certainly still had a different culture from a Greek. That was going to fade over time. But these other distinguishers are still present even today. Slaves are clearly in a very different circumstance than freemen. Or maybe today we could say that the poor are in a very different station in life from the rich. Men are different from women. Paul isn't undermining our differences, but he is saying that all of these differences are less than what now unifies us. We all share an incredible promise that trumps anything that would divide us. If there is no longer Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, there should be neither old nor young. Yes, there are differences between people born 80 years ago and 20 years ago. There's always been differences there. But through Jesus, people of different ages don't have to just be parents and children or grandparents and grandchildren to each other. We can be brothers and sisters. You know, while the world builds up walls between generations, Jesus tears those walls down. The church should be a beacon of light to the world that we have a hope that can unify anyone. 
That's God's design for his people, a cross-generational church that brings us all together in the name of his son. That unity, it's not only beautiful, but it's necessary. Just try it and you'll see pretty quickly the benefits of this. But the Bible also gives us some assurances on what will happen when the church gets intergenerational unity right. In his letters to the younger Timothy, Paul modeled how older and younger Christians can work side by side and benefit from their differences. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, Paul encourages Timothy for following his good example in doctrine and manner of life and purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. Young people in the church can look to those who are older than them and get help understanding God's word, rooting themselves in it, and learning how to live out what the word says. In fact, while each of us have a choice whether or not we follow Jesus, the faith of the older generation can have a huge impact on the younger. Timothy uh, was raised by his mother, by his grandmother, both faithful women. And Paul wrote, remember the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded is in you also in 2 Timothy 1.5. Young people need to see older people living out a genuine faith. It's often discussed how the church is going to thrive or, or even just survive in the next generation. Churches are dying and they want to know how to turn the tide. And, and there's all sorts of books and programs out there to help. Some of them do help, but the Bible makes it pretty simple what the first thing the church needs to do is. The church needs older members to have a genuine faith. Young people need to see that our faith is our first priority, and they know when we're not being honest about that. There's a lot of research about families leading their children to Christ, and it shows when the older people in a child's life commit themselves to Christ, a child's far more likely to do the same when they're adults. A study uh, just on Sunday school classes showed that when both parents attend a weekly Bible study in addition to uh, a Sunday service, 72% of their children will attend when grown. Young people need to see genuine faith. And that's one of the incredible benefits of God's design for us. If you are doing what we're supposed to be doing, then young people can feed off the faith of the more mature. But the cross-generational unity mandate for the church doesn't just flow in one direction. Not only are the older to care for the younger, but there comes a time when the direction of caregiving is reversed and it becomes appropriate for the younger generation to give back to the older. 1 Timothy chapter 5 uh, talks about the caring of widows and the important responsibility that young people have, especially to their own families. Young Christians are meant to take care of older Christians. That obviously is true in a physical sense. We know that we need to take care of each other physically, but it's also a spiritual capacity. Older people, they shouldn't be rebuked, but they should be encouraged in the faith. Younger adults can and should lead, or perhaps another way of putting it, we should be examples for older adults, according to 1 Timothy 4.12. We also see that Paul was preparing Timothy because while he knew he was entering the end of his ministry, he knew Timothy had the energy and the potential to keep going. And that's another way the young help the old. They encourage them with their energy and they carry on their legacy. 
So you see, if we segregate based on age, we limit ourselves from reaching our own full potential, whether we're young or old, and we limit the church from being this unified cross-generational body with all its members working together that God designed it to be. God designed a church where young and old can build on each other's strengths. We are unified in the name of Christ and we feed off the faith of others. There are still plenty of reasons that we might spend time specifically with Christians our own age and our own level of spiritual maturity, but we also desperately need to seek out opportunities for relationships outside of our generation. You know, there really is a beauty in seeing our place in this great body of faith. We are part of a long line of people dedicated to serving God, generation after generation. And we can only get a glimpse of that today. I can call my mother and my grandparents, brother and sisters, just as much as I can other Christians my age. But I can also look back and say the same thing about these Christians of the past, like Timothy and Paul. They too are my brothers, and I yearn for the day when we will be fully united in heaven. You see, cross-generational unity isn't just a recipe for healthy relationships today. It is, in fact, a glimpse of heaven. To the Thessalonians, Paul assures Christians that whether they died all the way back in the first century of the church, or if we remain until the Lord returns, we will all be caught up together, unified before the throne of God. God's plan for the church is that we can have a taste of that unity today. And that no matter the differences between our generations, we will understand the great inheritance that we share through Christ. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word, and I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify or YouTube. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.